Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to the Dog Check presented by Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and projections, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. Head to the bet online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V in all caps, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online where the game starts. Welcome to the Dog Check. I am Max Loeb. Loeb's leads here with Eric Metcalf after a tough loss to the Rams this past Sunday. Eric, what are your initial thoughts on the game against the Rams? Because for about, I don't know, 52 minutes, it looked great. It looked like it was going to come down to wire and game-winning field goal like we said last week but they collapsed. So what do you think? I, I mean, I think they played well. I mean, we have a lot of injuries and, and guys stepped up. And, and I knew that going into it defensively, it was going to have to be about guys keeping their eyes on, on their job and doing what they needed to do because of the things that they did creating mismatches and things like that. And that's how they got us offensively. They made a lot of big plays. That, and unfortunately we've been susceptible to the big play this year. And so they were, yeah. they were able to make enough plays to give themselves a chance, but all in all the defense and they, they still kept it close. And we had a chance to go drive down and take the lead until the interception. Yep. Right? And so I, I, I think at that point, if we play Cleveland Browns football, like we had been doing up until that point, we were methodically marching up the, and down the field, the, the previous drives. And we might not have got points every single time, but we were still moving the ball, keeping them off the field. And so mm-hmm. that that particular drive or, or interception, I think we got a little greedy instead of just doing it like we had been doing. Yeah, I think greedy is the perfect word because, like you said, they they were going back and forth the entire game. Obviously, it was 20 to 19 and the Browns missed the extra point, but they forced a three and out. The next possession, they get the ball back. Good punt and puts them back in the, I think it was at like 21 or something like that. And not only do they have, I called it a first down punt, but the first down punt um, on the interception to John Johnson, the third, they give up a 40-yard return to afterwards. So Rams get the ball and they score. But again, they score again. It's still one possession game. It's just you don't convert another first down after that. It's it's tough to, tough to win a game like that when you beat yourself at a crucial, crucial moment. Yeah, and, and like after interception and, and they go down and score, it, it then looked like the offense was pressing. We have yeah. to do something. We have to make a big play. Instead of just it, we, we still had time to go play regular Cleveland Browns football. And so mm-hmm. and that's and that's one of the things that frustrates me so much when we're talking about these games and and especially offensively and how it's going. Sometimes we just get ahead of ourselves instead of just doing what we do. I mean mm-hmm. We look at old school teams, the, the San Franciscos, those teams, they did what they did with the West Coast often. You just had to stop it. And so the, and and all these teams, they just do what they do. We get into situations where, okay, we're passing, we're gonna be a passing team. Okay, we're gonna be a running team. You never know. And so yeah. I, it, it's hard. It's hard to have a flow through through the course of a game. And and you know, another thing I did notice is that no matter who's the quarterback other than Deshaun. We're going to throw it 40 times. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> no matter who it is, we're throwing it 40 times. Doesn't matter. As long as, long as it's not the sound, we're going to throw it 40 times. Yeah, which is crazy. And I, I saw a note on, I think it was on maybe uh, Twitter. It was, this was the most the Browns have thrown the ball uh, in the air 10 plus yards in about five years. So it, it seemed like a very, very strategic game plan in the sense that it, they let Joe Flacco do what he was comfortable with. And we talked about it a little bit coming into the game this past week, worried a little bit about mobility as a 38-year-old, 30, just what the Browns have done offensively with P.J. Walker, DTR, Deshaun, all those guys. It's a different look, but honestly, I thought credit to the offensive game plan because they schemed it up really well to allow Joe Flacco to do the things he's good at. He was able to check in and out of things at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I thought the touchdown to Jerome Ford was a beautiful play design. They they did some really good things throwing the football, but like you said, when it came push came to shove at the end, they they had to press a little bit, and that's not who they are. Right, and and, and you got to give credit to the line. They they protected for the most part pretty well, and yeah. he wasn't on his back. And that's mm-hmm. and that's when you have somebody, a thirty eight year old quarterback who's been sitting on his couch. That's the one thing you really worry about. Could they protect him? And so they they gave him some time to, to make some throws, and and he, he was throwing the ball well, especially when he just had the remote in his hand a couple weeks ago. You know, <laughs> yeah. remote to, to the pigskin in two weeks. And so now he, he was out there, and he was slinging it around. Once again, had a couple drops. Yeah. Once yep. again, uh, in, in some crucial moments. And, and, and these are things that are drive killers. And when you're not – when you have people down in, injury-wise and, and you're not playing your best football – you can't afford to make mistakes like that. Correct. You cannot afford to make mistakes like that. Let's shift our focus to the defensive side of the ball. No sacks this past Sunday. Obviously, it's tough with that that McVay offense. The quarterback's always on the move. Like it's unless it's a pure dropback, you're not going to sack Matt Stafford. What did you see from the defense that was a little bit more concerning this week than normal weeks? The mismatches that they were able to, to get. Yeah, you know, I, it, it was game plan where they could they would get a, a puka on uh on a, on the linebackers, mm. and so and so when you have that when you're setting that up, we're we're not gonna win. Nobody's gonna win. Yeah, when you put, when you're putting these these good receivers uh, on a linebacker or a linebacker on these good receivers, nobody's gonna win. So I think the way they schemed up so, some of these plays, um. It's, uh, they were they were they, they did a good job. And so that's what was concerned because once again they've been susceptible to the big play all year. And yeah. this is why we lost because we gave up a couple of them this this week. Yeah, they really did. And one thing I noticed, uh the the post to Pukanakua, that long touchdown, that was when the Browns were in their base personnel, two corners out there. A lot of base down and distance, like when the Rams would have a first and 10 or the second and medium, the Browns began to match it with their nickel personnel, putting Greg Newsom at that nickel role and putting Mike Ford outside. Mm-hmm. And the Rams would see that and check to a run, and they ran the ball efficiently. That, that toss sweep play, but just generally speaking, they ran the ball really efficiently as well. So, again, yeah, credit to Sean McVay in that game plan because they had the Browns on their heels all day long. But and and that's one of the things we worried about that we talked about that last week. When you have someone like a Sean McVay, who's one of the best play callers in the league, you have to be on your p's and q's. You have to know what you're doing as far as uh, your assignment, whatever whatever position you're playing. And and I think a lot of times these guys got lost and and they took advantage of the things that we actually did. Like you said, we have base personnel in there. They took advantage of that. If if, if we put uh 
if we put our nickel in the, and they ran the ball, you know, if, and we had base personnel, they they'd use the the slot receivers against the linebackers. They, would, they just kept doing things that that countered everything we did defensively. Yeah, and it, it's tough to scheme up defensively. I got a couple numbers here from the defensive schemes with and without Denzel Ward that I want to talk about, but it is tough to scheme up defensively, especially in the secondary when you don't have your number one corner and the corner that's been playing, I personally think better than any corner in the NFL this year, but undeniably like one of the five best corners on the outside this year. So I was looking at it earlier Uh, in terms of receiving yards per game with and without Denzel Ward. It's moderately similar. Like they're giving up uh, about 30 more yards per game in the past game without Denzel Ward, but the passer rating difference is stark with Denzel Ward. The opposing quarterback has had an 86.4, passer rating on average in the I believe the 10 games or the nine games um, without Ward and then the two games without Ward 112.9 passer rating and I was looking at what the Browns are doing if they're you know changing schematics a little bit and they are without Denzel Ward the Browns are playing about nine percent less overall man coverage so they have trusted those guys on the outside a little bit less without Ward which makes a lot of sense is that the reason that teams have been capitalizing I don't know. It's tough to tell. What do you think? It is tough to tell, but I, I would be willing to bet that when they see that, because it forces us to to play more base, yeah. we have linebackers. And so that's – we have linebackers playing in this zone. And so they're not able to get there. And so that's what they're taking advantage of, you know, in, the, in that hook area. And so they've done a good job of doing that with all the teams have. And so when, when you have a Denzel Ward out there – if you want, you can say, okay, you take number one. Yeah. Everybody else, this is what we're doing. And that and, and and that creates a problem for offenses because now number one's taken care of. So the quarterback has to go to second and third read. And mm-hmm. this this would give the defensive line or linebackers a chance to get to the quarterback. And so that it, it lessens when you don't have your number one corner out there. Yeah, and that's a great point about the defensive line too, because you look at the the sack production and the the pressure production the past couple of games, and you could think the defensive line is playing way worse than they have been all year. When the reality is, it also falls on the secondary and what they're doing back there. Sometimes sacks are a coverage stat, and that's been the case with a lot of Brown sacks this year too. So that's a very very good way of putting it as well. Before we talk about the next opponent, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Any other players you want to highlight, good or bad, from the game this past weekend, outside of Joe Flacco? Hmm. Oh, it's tough. It, it, it really is because it was just – it was so sporadic. Yeah. And, and how, how it went. I mean, you know, it, it's tough. I don't know who I would say. Yeah. The only one that came to mind for me just based off of pure production was Harrison Bryant. This is the most he's been involved in the past game all year. And it was good to see it. It's again, him, you know, Elijah Moore had more yards than uh, most games this season, I believe. Part of that was probably because of Amari Cooper missing some time in the game. But again, it's good to see other players step up. And I believe Cooper does have a concussion. We wait to see if he plays on Sunday or not. But if that's not the case, you know, somebody else is going to have to step up. And it's good physically seeing that other players can. Right. And, and that's why you build depth. We're talking yeah. about through the, through the draft, through the lower rounds of the draft, through free uh, free agency. That's how, how you build depth. And so, hopefully, we have guys, and I think we do have guys who can just step in if Amari's not able to play. We have said to tell me we have guys that we can go to. It's just about those guys being in there, being comfortable with Joe Flacco, who I think 
I don't know who's going to be the starter now, but yeah. you know, because they don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so it's just a matter of guys stepping up. And as cliche as it may be, it's next man up, but it really mm-hmm. is in, in the way that this, this, we've had injuries. Yeah, and it is next man up is the perfect transition point to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday because they had two of their best offensive players go down on Monday Night Football. As of about half an hour ago, Doug Peterson said in his press conference that Trevor Lawrence's injury is a high ankle sprain. Usually that stuff's week to week. Don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. Probably won't know until 24, 48 hours beforehand. Uh, but Christian Kirk's, I believe it was a groin injury. Core, Actually, it was core muscle, excuse core. me, core muscle injury. Um, it sounds like it's going to require surgery. So I would venture to guess that he will not be on the field on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, they do have some depth in the receiver room. Um, they had another slot guy step up and have a great game on Monday night as well. But this is as much of a banged up team as the Cleveland Browns are. And if it's at the quarterback position, that's a huge, huge deal. Uh, going back to first energy, playing at home. This is exactly what the doctor ordered, I think, in terms of a matchup. What do you think? Yeah. And, and it's one of those games where it, it this really matters because yeah. we're talking about playoff spots and, and, you know, not right now they're, they're hit on top of their division, but the way the Texans are playing, they need, they need victories also. Mm-hmm. And so Colts too. Colts right. too. Don't sleep on the Colts. So we, exactly. So we, so this is a game that you have to be prepared for, whether it be Trevor Lawrence or, or, or CJ Beathard, because yeah. they're good. Doug Peterson is going to do what he's going to do. He's a good coach. He's, He's able to scheme against the defenses and 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 get production out of these guys. And so I think defensively, the key is getting pressure to to the quarterback, yeah. whoever it is. I mean, if it, if it is Trevor Lawrence and a high ankle sprain, he's not going to be able to move around like mm-hmm. he normally does. So that makes it a little easier for us. But if we're playing zone back there and and they're able to pick that apart with short, quick passes, then we're not going to get there because they're going to max protect. Or, or chip on the defensive ends and, and keep Miles and those guys off off the quarterback. So we have to be productive in the back end. We yeah. have to force those guys to to move around and and, and get open and, and just be in their face, or or it's going to be a long day. Yeah, it will be a long day for sure. I think looking at what the Jaguars do offensively, things will change without Christian Kirk. He's kind of the focal point, especially against man coverage. I was looking on Sunday and Monday. He is the guy they look to, single high man coverage, what the Browns love, and they love it with Denzel Ward playing too. Hopefully he's back this Sunday. That is another really, really fascinating thing to look at because the Browns continue to win with man coverage against inferior teams. The Browns have been well done well against with man coverage against teams that equally match with them. This is a team I think that equally matches with them, especially if Denzel Ward plays. That is fascinating to look at. What do you think? Right, but they, but they have good receivers. I mean, you know, and they're going to take some shots with, yeah. with Calvin Ridley. Uh, they're going to take some shots with uh, Zay Jones. And, and they're going to do a lot of things because they have Eddie in back there also. And so they, they yeah. move, move guys around. They take some shots if they have time. And so if, if Denzel's able to play, who who does he really try to take away? Does he Do they put him on Zay or do they put him on uh, Ridley without – Christian Kirk being there. It, it, yes. That's, that's what, what do you do? And so, like I said, once again, guys have to be laser focused, be able to pay attention to assignments because there's going to be some eye candy here with, with Peterson as well. You know, he's going to do yeah. something and, and try to try to get to them because that's what people are seeing. 
That's what people mm-hmm. say. If you move folks around and do things to to the Browns, you can get some big plays of them. And so they're going to try to scheme uh, to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a game where, again, you lose a guy like Christian Kirk and you potentially lose your quarterback on Sunday too. You have to scheme up in creative ways. We've seen the Browns do it multiple times when they bring in new quarterbacks. You kind of have to scheme that up. And I think defensively, this is the toughest team that the Jaguars probably have seen all year. I know they get Baltimore in a week or two as well, but it's a huge must-win game for a lot of reasons. You have the Texans or the Colts or somebody walk away with that AFC South title, and assuming the Browns do not win the AFC North, you're competing with a team in the wild card with a head-to-head tiebreaker. You win this game, you have the tiebreaker. You don't win this game, you don't. And again, they already have it over the Colts. They play Houston as well. This is a huge game, huge game from the Browns' perspective on a lot of different levels. Right, and I I think at this point in the season, the Browns are basically playing playoff games. Yeah, they because are. They, they all they all matter as far as the playoff race, whether it be talking about the division, their divisions, or just a wild card. And as you said, these head-to-head uh, races. That's why it was important for the Browns that the uh, the Broncos last lost the other day. Yep, because they have the tiebreaker over the Browns. So these games like this now, they they are real. This playoff football. So we got to go in there and play good Cleveland Browns football, take advantage of situations, whether who, who's out there at the quarterback, and, and, and once again, not turn the ball over. And so mm-hmm. we only we only turned it over one time, but it was a big one. Yep. It was, it was a big one because we had uh, had an opportunity. And so we have to go play clean, good, clean football at home and protect the house. Exactly. They really do. And you look at the Jaguars defense, a team that has been susceptible to the pass all year long, but especially recently – They have not been able to stop the run. And if you're a Browns team where you have a balanced offense with Joe Flacco in there, a lot of play action this past week with Flacco, you expect something similar this week if he plays. You have to like the matchup offensively. And like you said, it was one turnover at a bad time that spiraled into a big return that spiraled into a third down touchdown. You take care of the ball. You play a near-perfect offensive game in terms of keeping the football in your hands you are going to have an awesome shot to win this game, especially if Flacco plays. I know we'll talk about the who we think is going to play quarterback, who we want to play quarterback a little bit later, but in terms of taking care of the football, Flacco seems to give you the best chance. And outside of the, like we, I said it earlier, the first down punt, he had done an awesome, awesome job of not putting the ball in harm's way, making sure he's making the right reads, checking in and out of things, checking down if it's not there over the top. Like He probably gives you the best chance to take care of the football. Right, and he's a, he's a veteran, he's a smart quarterback who's been a Super Bowl MVP, so he knows how to manage the game. He yeah. knows that he can go out there, and, and, and as long as he doesn't make mistakes, this team will have an opportunity to win. So when I think about uh, us going into this game, I think he gives you your best shot to win, especially after watching what Jake Browning did to this defense yesterday. Exactly, so, yeah. He came in, and he was picking this, this defense apart. Mm-hmm. And so – Flacco, being a veteran and being crafty, I think he can do the same thing on top of us being able to run the ball against their defense because mixing those guys were doing a good job at that as well. So offensively, Cincinnati was able to go out there and do almost whatever they wanted. Yeah, yeah. And so so I think we can do the same thing. Once again, we just have to take care of the ball. Yeah, they do have to take care of the ball. Thinking about Cincinnati and Jacksonville, these – wild card tiebreakers are going to be insane. You assume 
at least at this point, Baltimore probably wins the AFC North. Obviously, we don't hope that, but you assume that's probably the way that it goes. You're going to have the Browns with a tiebreaker over the Colts if the Jaguars somehow don't win the division. If they beat the Jaguars, they'll have a tiebreaker over the Jaguars. The Broncos will have a tiebreaker over the Browns. Obviously, you have the Steelers. That comes down to divisional record. You could have the Bengals in there, too, and the Browns play the Bengals the last week of the season. This is going to turn out to be an insane, insane playoff race. I I am looking forward to it, and I think the Browns have a couple games on their schedule where you're like, okay, take care of business here. Let somebody else mess up down the line so we can get in. I think that will happen, to be honest with you. But it starts here, and this game against the Jaguars, probably the biggest game in recent history. I know we talked about that on a couple different levels with different games so far this season, but as the season goes on, this is probably the most important one we got so far. Yep, definitely. And, and people think it's crazy when you say it's the most important game of the season because it's the next game. No, it really no, is yeah. the most important game of the season because this mm-hmm. determines where you are as far as the playoff race, right? We're sitting there at, at seven and five. We should easily be eight and four, nine and three, what have you, but we're yeah. not. But we're yeah. not. And so now these games become increasingly more important because of the situation as, as far as teams that are game or, or, or two behind us, who we eventually play. Yeah. So when you have these opportunities to play against these teams, you really have to be, because like we, like we've been saying, head to head matchups will matter in the end. They will matter in the end. That That is the best way to put it head to head and divisional records. And the Browns do have another divisional game. Like we talked about at the end of the year, let's talk X factors for this game on Sunday. Who do you have? I'll, I'll let you go first on your side of the ball, but. Who do you have? Who are you looking at specifically? I'm going to go Kareem Hunt. All right. Explain. I'm curious. I'm going to go Kareem Hunt because I, I, I saw how he's been productive. He was productive against the Rams. I, yep. I know if we watched the film against uh, from uh, Cincy and, and Jacksonville, they were able to run the ball well with Mixon and those guys. And mm-hmm. I, but I think that Kareem, his, his running style is a little different than Jerome. And so yeah. when he gets the ball, he's able to he's able to get in there and, and, and do some things. So I think he'll he'll make some some bigger plays than Jerome. Yeah, that's that's a very, very good point. I, I think offensively the run game is super important. It's tough to look at Brown's pass attack and pick one receiver, but I really do think they have to have a, a good game on the outside. You saw Jamar Chase take advantage of it a bunch last night. Even T. Higgins, when he was on the outside, those guys couldn't cover him. If Amari Cooper's out, I'm, I have to look at Cedric Tillman again. He's slowly playing more. He's slowly getting more targets. He's a big body that not a lot of smaller DBs can not only cover, but keep up with a guy that size who can move like that, who has that type of catch radius and range is a huge advantage. And I could see Flacco continuing to look his way. Defensively, it's going to be really tough. I think, honestly, the biggest X factor is the health of Denzel Ward. But I'm going to, again, look to the secondary and look to a guy like Mike Ford as the number two because if the Browns do everything they can to take Ridley off the field, assuming Christian Kirk doesn't play, take Ridley off the field, you still have a really good number two receiver in Zay Jones. So that is a matchup I'm going to be looking at if they they move Emerson around with Calvin Ridley and then leave Mike Ford on Zay Jones. I think that's a matchup that the Jaguars try to exploit. I'm curious to see in those third down situations when you're sliding Greg Newsom inside to play that nickel role, how well can Mike Ford be on the outside? Hmm. I, I don't want to say this person, but I have to say this person. I need Miles to be Miles. Yeah. 
in, in a game like this, I need Miles to be Miles. We're talking about playoff football right now. So I want, I need our best player to be our best player on, on the day. And so Miles, Miles Garrett is going to be my guy. And, and, and of course he's going to get double teamed. He's going to be getting chipped and, and, and all that, but I still need him to make plays or or even just hurry the quarterback because if yeah. he's able to do that, then other guys can make plays. But if Miles, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. If Miles is Miles, that gives other guys an opportunity because you can't double team everyone. Nope. Right? And so I, I need him to be 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 the X factor in that he might not be sex, but I need him to create plays for everyone else. Yeah, that's going to be huge, especially like you said. This is a playoff game. It's definitely going to be a playoff atmosphere in Cleveland as well. This is a game where your best players need to make plays. Miles Garrett's going to have to make plays. I think you could take advantage of some of those Jaguars tackles as well. Let's look at score predictions. I'll let you go first. This is it's going to be a close game. I honestly think a lot of it depends on the help of Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to be completely honest. But what, what is, what's your score prediction for this Sunday? Uh, Twenty-seven. 24 Browns. I like that. I, I I was leaning higher scoring on the Browns end. I'll go I'll go tw- I'll go 24 I'll go 24 to 17. I think one possession game. I think it's a moderately close game. Again, I think a lot of it hinges on the health of Trevor Lawrence to be honest with you, but assuming the Browns do face Trevor Lawrence. I think their defense can do enough, especially stopping the run. You, if you're playing Trevor Lawrence, you're play, playing a limited Trevor Lawrence too. And one thing Trevor Lawrence I've noticed has done a really, really good job of all year when he's been healthy, that's the emphasis here, when he's been healthy, is seeing man coverage, not liking his first two reads, taking off and making plays with his legs. If he has a high ankle sprain, I don't think that's going to happen much. So I think the Browns match up really well defensively, especially in the schematic end. I think they take advantage, and I think they win at 24 to 17. Yeah, and if he has, like you said, if he has a high ankle sprain, I think it makes it very difficult for, for them because he's not yeah. able, like you said, people don't realize how the ability he has to run. Yeah. He, can, he can get outside and, and, and take off. He did it in college, and, and he's done it since he's been in the NFL. So, yeah. If he has to stand back there and, and just get rid of the ball quickly, that, I think that plays into our hands because that's when we've been getting killed when the quarterback has had time to just stand back there and these guys running through the zones or running away from man coverage. That and, and so I, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing whether he's going to play because I think that determines uh, how Jim Schwartz attacks this. Yeah, absolutely, it really does, and I'm fascinated to see if he changes anything what he changes it is going to be an awesome game on sunday i know that play is going to be rocking like that it's going to be a playoff atmosphere there oh for sure looking forward to it because these these games matter it's been a long time since we had games like this I mean, where it really matters so it's, it's going to be fun in the stadium for sure it's going to be huge awesome awesome atmosphere awesome matchup awesome game the enormous Browns Jaguars game this Sunday. Eric, any last words before we sign off? Just go Browns. Let's get it done. Go Browns. This is the dog check presented by bet online. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.